Hello and welcome to The Created Economy. It's a weekly interview series where we chat with players from the creator economy at large and discuss the key topics impacting the growth of the industry. I'm one of your hosts, Ken Young, and I'm joined with my good friend, Gregarious Narain. Uh, you can find new episodes of our show on our website at createdeconomy.com or wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. And for uh, if you want to be a guest on our show, feel free to check out our website. We have a nice little form for you to do that, createdeconomy.com slash guest list. Uh, and if you like the show, give it a like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, we're, we're also at Created Economy everywhere on Twitter, uh, on Flipboard, on LinkedIn, and of course on YouTube. And that being said, let's get rid of, uh, let's dive right into the show. Hey, Greg, how's it going? Oh, feels like I've been talking all morning, which is like, you know, I guess the norm in remote work days, but uh, <laughs> it feels more tiresome today than other days. <laughs> yes, apparently you have to talk, you know, when you wait, you know, you know, in life. I think that's a thing. You can't just go around not talking, you know. Yeah, I think it's my tooth that like is, is just making it worse. I need to like go get like uh, the oral surgeon soon. So again, she's <laughs> yeah, like a. Uh, but hey, the, this episode is actually going to be pretty relevant to you because uh, as many of our listeners or viewers may know, uh, you have a dog, uh, a multi-poo named Rex. Um, that, oh, so I'd be getting a rare moment here where... Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we cut through our intro and let's welcome to the show Brian Riesberg uh, and also his wonderful dog, Maxine. Uh, a wonderful corgi oh my god yes Ugh, that made my day thank I you had, i had to switch because you know i figure like when else are we gonna we may not get that moment again <laughs> <laughs> this is true um but, but a short introduction here uh so we are joined by uh brian who is uh who's a who was a creative director and filmmaker now he's a pet influencer uh you may not know who he the, him by name but you certainly know his dog, uh, his wonderful dog, fluffy dog, uh, Maxine. Uh, she's wildly popular on social media. 3.7 million followers on TikTok. Wow. Uh, this is the most famous can... uh, entity we've had on the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, and and for those that know me, I have a very small, a very soft spot for for corgis. Uh, very much would like to have one. Um, and we, we've been over this there's no reason you can't have one actually this you is just... this is true is, there's no no hey, you, can, you can do it you're an adult just do it <laughs> well, well adult actually, with his own place right now now <laughs> i can okay now i can before i was renting so i was not allowed one uh i, I was not legally allowed one so but now i could very there may be still one. some ethical questions left unresolved. <laughs> hey 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 we're not having that conversation on this show uh but anyway but yeah, so besides uh, uh, being the, the the dad for for Maxine, Brian is also the co-founder of a merchandise company called Little Chunk. Uh, they produce, their first product is the Maxine One, a, a dog-friendly backpack. And so we'll talk to we, we're looking forward to talking to Brian about his role as being a pet influencer, uh, moving into merchandise, and what's next. So Brian, thank you so much for for taking the time to to humor me by bringing Maxine on the show. And thank you so much for joining us. I'm really looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me. So Brian, um, what was your journey? I mean, you, you were a, you're a filmmaker by profession. And yeah, so I went to, I went to film school at NYU. Um, yeah, I went to NYU. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Which school are you in? 
CS arts and science. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't wild about it. I got out pretty early. So I took some <laughs> courses, got out in three years. Um, and when I graduated, was working at an ad agency called Mother as, as a day job on the production side, started a production company with a producing partner, uh, Andrew Corkin, who is now a um, very successful indie film producer uh, and TV producer, and wrote and directed my first feature uh, five years later. That was at South by Southwest. That's where it premiered, played the festival circuit, released in theaters by Oscilloscope in 2015. And then um, 2015 was when my wife and I got married and then got Maxine. Um, and the track was still, you know, be a feature filmmaker. I was signed to a production company at the time, which was very fortunate because I could bring my dog to that office um, and had an Instagram account probably two years before the big influencer boom of 2017, because it was just a, a fun creative outlet because, you know, the commercial work wasn't coming in. Um, and then from 2015 to 2021, worked my way up to creative director and advertising while I had Maxine's account built that. And yeah, I was, I was doing it, living like a double life for six years and then recently quit my day job uh, October of 2021 to focus full time on, being a creator and entrepreneur. What was the, that spark, that kind of, that, that point in time where you said, okay, I'm going to go all in and be a full-time creator. I mean, it's not as if you, you didn't have available, plenty of available content to you. I mean, Maxine is, yeah, you could just take the same photo of Maxine, post it up and everyone would still, you would garner all the likes and, 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 and fans. But what was it in general that you're like, you know what? I think this is, the, the, where I want to be, this is the business I want to, I want to go with. Um, it, it was, uh, it, there wasn't like a moment, but it was in the pandemic. It was, it was, it was when everything locked down, which, uh, you know, like, Hey, it, it was a remarkably shitty time for a lot of people. Um, and I, my wife and I were at home and, you know, there was so much uncertainty about this, the world and, our health, the health of our loved ones. Um, and so we just started making stuff um, because I, I, I didn't know what else to do. I, I didn't know if I was going to get fired. Uh, I didn't know if we'd have to move. Um, I, it, 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 the same position every, as everybody was in. And all we had was Maxine and a platform. Um, and there was a real sense of purpose for me in the pandemic to do what I could. It was, you know, you're sitting at home and there's nothing to do. What can you do? Um, and at the time, TikTok was just starting. And I remember there was an article on Vogue that came out at the beginning of the pandemic that was like these eight accounts, follow these eight accounts for your, your mental well-being. Um, it was like Yoko Ono, the Calm app, and Maxine, and there were five others. Wow. And I remember that, article specifically like something clicked where it was like you know we because we've gotten messages so many messages throughout the years of, of, of people who would um share how, how happy we made them or how we lifted them after a bad day um and people were really going through a lot of shit you had covid you had the george floyd protests uh i mean we were in manhattan and and at the time it was it was it was fucking wild like everything was boarded up um, there were, uh, riots and protests outside of our front door. Uh, I mean, you had cops chasing, it was just absolute pandemonium and, and, and 
really the only thing that I knew to do was just make fun shit and put it online. That, that, that's, that's what we had. And, and, and I have a very close line of communication with our audience. Um, and so I was getting an immediate feedback of, of what we were doing and, and how much people really seem to need it. Um, so every day, make a new stuff on TikTok. What are the trends? How can we be a part of it? How can we join the conversation? Um, how can we use our platform to maybe help some organizations that might need assistance um, and try and do some surprising things? Um, you know, I'm very proud of the fact that we don't get a lot of hate on our account because I think we really take our time to show the things that we care about and support. You know, usually accounts that that might show support for a certain cause might be told to stay in their lane. That's kind of usually mm -hmm. the, the the messaging. But it, it was a, it was a really it was a weird time, um, but it, it was a time to really try and test some stuff out. And and throughout that process, I, I started focusing on my day job less and less and less and less and less. Um, and the only way I was able to do that was as a filmmaker, I'm, I'm very quick at my skill set. I'm very quick to edit, to make decks, to, to, to write, to do the work that I needed to do to um, satisfy uh, the company I work for. So I would spend about two hours on the shit I needed to get done that day. And then the rest of my day would be filled with Maxine and trying to do everything I could to grow faster uh, to reach more people, uh, to do more surprising things. And so coming out of the pandemic, we got to a point where uh, we were making money on her account and I could leave my job. And, you know, it's, I've done that before with filmmaking and it, it's scary because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm somebody who needs structure and a paycheck. And I know people who have quit their jobs to do this full time. And, and, and I, I applaud them because uh, it's not easy. It's not easy to go from... Um, to no risk creation uh, and then changing to, I need to make a bottom line every month to support my family. Uh, so that, that's why it took me so long to do it because I wanted to be in a really comfortable place and, and I never want to make out of fear. I love, I love making shit. Uh, I mean, it's why I went to school. It's what I've always wanted to do. Um, the, the money is what it, it's cool. It's not why I do it, but as long as we have enough to live, then we're good. Um, so that's why in 2021, it, pretty recently is when I quit. And then also like the backpack company. Um, that was something where I thought if I don't, if I don't quit my job and focus every ounce of my energy on, on, on doing this right now, not gonna happen. Yep. And I, we'll definitely dive into that more. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So that, uh, recently we had, um, Mark Bergen on the show, actually, Ken had a, Ken actually had a question for him that I thought was really interesting. I'm kind of curious your take on it, Brian, because um, Ken, you, I, if you recall, you'd asked him kind of like, do you feel a lot of people feel like they may sometimes they work for the algorithm, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm kind of curious. Um, do you does that resonate with you? Right. Like, um, yeah. like, like, uh, is your is your creation not necessarily that you don't have create control still, but is it still guided you know, or influenced by the algorithm? Or do you feel like you've just sort of got your, your crew and you're able to sort of have the autonomy to just do whatever you think is right and, 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 you, and you can persist? Or is it something in between? Um, I, I, don't, I don't work for the algorithm, but uh, it's certainly debilitating from like a mental wellness standpoint. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, it's 
when you when you make something like the reason I love doing this versus being a filmmaker, like I think I'm not, I don't think I'm built to be a filmmaker because when I do this, I have control over every aspect of what we're doing. Like I, it's just me. I shoot, I edit all of it uh, because I like that control because I, I I know what I need to do to achieve a certain vision or something. But none of that fucking matters when you post it. You could just hit the wrong time of day. You could hit something and you know, I'm a part of a few groups where like everybody talks about the same thing. Like you could work your ass off on something and you know that you're checking certain creative boxes that like this really should move. This should go viral. This should reach the audience. And there's so much that's out of your control. Not, not only is it out of your control, but it's, it's secret. It's hidden. You have, so you have no idea. Um, and, and it sucks. It's one of the parts about the job that I, that I hate. Uh, and I hate the way it makes me feel because if there's, you know, now, now that they're, it's not just posting stuff for joy. It's, it's posting stuff to like fuel a business, uh, and to like pay bills and shit to feel that something. So I, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's wild. It, and it's, um, the emotional side of it is something that, uh, I try and work on because it can really, it can really mess with you. Yeah. You know, when, when, when you make something and it doesn't perform and then, you know, it's not even like a day, like there can be weeks an on week or an off week. You know what I mean? Like we had a stretch of time last year that our account didn't grow by that number didn't move for like eight months. Wow. It was crazy. And and I knew other people were going through some things and it really just like, Hey, it's, it, shortly after that, we posted a video that like, I think it has over 13 million views on Instagram and over a million, you know, so it really is like, but, I mean, but it's really hard not to think that like, oh, is this it? Am I done? Is this the plateau? Yeah. <laughs> Every it's blogger just... has experienced this, you know, we're like, you know, yes, this is the post. Everyone's going to love this. It's yeah. 15,000 words and all these details and research. Then in, and then it's like some fart joke or something on Twitter that like gets like 4X your volume, right? And Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's, uh, I you know, it's, what what do you what are you supposed to do with that? I don't know. I, like, <laughs> some, some days my wife will literally come home and I'll just be like fucking melting in the couch playing FIFA. And she goes, "How was your day?" And I go, "Ugh." And it's not because you didn't make good work. It's not because you know. It's like it's just bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Is it? I, yeah. There's really no better. It, it, it's app. It's like it's tantamount to nothing. And it's just you got to just really work to keep things in perspective. Uh, you know. And just remember the things that that are good and not get too bogged down by thinking like, oh, because I haven't had a post hit in a while that I'm just like, this, this is the end, you know? It's... So talk to us about how you tell a story, right? I mean, I think on one hand you have, if, if you're for human creators, it's like, okay, you can figure out what that narrative might be like, oh, what am I going to do today, right? And I'm going to go film myself, uh, you know, skiing out out in, in the middle of nowhere right i don't know um but for when when dealing with pets it's you're kind of dealing with some something that could be that's unpredictable at times mm -hmm. so how do you approach being a creator with maxine and and how do you develop those you know a, a narrative a story that you want to share with with people aside from you know worrying about the the algorithm um you know, I think it. I think it's easier and harder 
with dogs. Um, I think it's just a matter of what works for you. Like what, what has always worked for us has been how she fits into my life. So when I had a job, I was riding the train every day and, you know, there was that, that fit into the routine and I would get reactions and all this stuff. And that's what would work. But now that there's no job, it's, you know, we, we partner with a lot of different companies, uh, a lot of influencers in New York or, you know, like another one who's in New York is New York. Nico will hit us up and be like, Hey, I'm in the park. And I'm like, okay, we'll just go hang out. We got nothing to do. And maybe something comes of it. Maybe something like, uh, I was at the bodega this morning and the owner's son, uh, Hazam, they are, uh, Muslim. And I saw, I saw that video. Yeah. And, uh, he wouldn't, the, the kid is the sweetest boy in the world and he wouldn't touch Max. And I said, he said, you can pet her if you want. He goes, no, I can't. And I didn't know that it was a rule in, in certain Islamic families that, um, can't touch a dog, uh, because of the saliva. There's certain, you know, I think, I think it's different for, for, for different Muslim people. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. So I had these, these gloves. I randomly bought these, uh, these Sully gloves that monsters Inc. And so I was like, I got an idea and I only wore them once. They were pretty much new. I went home. I gave them to him. And I, and, and he could, he, he put his hands out and Max was playing with them. And, um, it's, it's shit like that, you know, it's just go out and experience the world. And I, we've gotten to a level where it's like, she's so famous that that's kind of like, she's famous for being famous kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so now it, it, there's a little more freedom in that because we don't, that that's, we've, we have our niche, right? Like she's the backpack dog and she's famous and it's really, we can go anywhere with that. Like, um, I collaborated with a VFX artist who I said, like, Hey, we like Toy Story. Do you want to make some make Buzz and Woody ride Maxi? You know, we can do anything and make a story. Um, you know, the other day she was watching Fantasia, and I, I spend a lot of time in the DMs and talking to people because that helps really inform like what I post. Um, and that's also where I do a lot of like that. That's why I think our community is so loyal is because I, I really do spend a lot of time, for better or for worse, on my fucking phone talking to these people. So I posted a clip of her watching Fantasia and. You know, somebody was like, oh, you should get her a, a sorcerer's hat. So I posted the clip and the caption was, should I get her a sorcerer's hat? So now that kind of starts off a new narrative where I think, okay, maybe if I get a sorcerer's hat, maybe if I get a robe, uh, I bought a, I bought a book about how to be a sorcerer for, from some occult website, because now <laughs> I'm just going to get all the props and make a little video with a narration that says like, you know, uh, so a few days ago I saw Maxine watching Fantasia and I'll just make a, a story and we'll see how it goes. So um, it's not a lot of planning because I, I, I've, I've tried to plan shit in the past where I like want her to do something or I want to go do something and it doesn't work out because she's a dog and she's going to do what she wants. So yeah, yeah every, I noticed every day is different. Yeah. I noticed, I, I saw the, um, the, there's a, there's a part, I think it was at the end of the day where, where Maxine will run circles around the table and then like midway, like after a few rotations, she like pivots and does a complete yeah. 180 and then you kind of did a series about that, right? And you said, oh, you, you said you figured out how, why she does that. And you, and you did this whole part where um, I think it was like a, a, a family member's dog, right? Yeah, my, brother, my brother's dog. So that was like the, how that came to be is like some days when I'm home alone and I got nothing to do, I need, I need to keep working towards something. Otherwise I'll get depressed, you know, that. So 
some I dump my iPhone, like my iPhone fills up with footage pretty regularly and I'll dump it. And then I'll go back into, I've got like terabytes of footage. So sometimes I'll go look through my old iPhone and it's all clips of Maxine. And pretty frequently it's all the same shit. So if I go through it pretty quickly, I'll start to notice patterns. Uh, I'll start to notice that I have the same clip. And then like there was also a video of her sniffing butts at the dog park. That's because I went through two iPhones full of footage and I gathered every, I mean, it took hours. But like when you start to notice these patterns, you can start to find a story to tell. Um, that's why it's like, I can't, it's, I, I feel very fortunate to have gone to film school because these are just things that happen in the background and I, it's hard to turn off, which sucks, but it's fun because you can just start to look at patterns and footage and start to write a script in your head and think like, okay, this could potentially be something, or maybe I can go film something here. And um, that, that's, that's, that's how a lot of our stuff happens. I very, very little of it is ever planned beforehand. It's, you know, you make what you get. Yep. Uh, Greg, any any questions that you have uh, to get your, Rex become a powerful influencer? <laughs> um, no, but I, I will go back to something you mentioned that I think is, um, you know, well, look, every director has to work with hard talent from what I understand, <laughs> right? So, um, but uh, I, I will go back to, I think what you were, something you were mentioning about the transition. I think that's something that's really important and I'd love to double click on it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um you know there's this part of like going from like the love of the thing to the job of the thing right um and that transition is what i think most creators are actually still at the precipice of right like they're they either um haven't seen or gotten enough validation like yes i should make the, the leap into it um but even more or even more problematic i think is the folks who make the leap but don't prepare for it right I'm kind of curious, are there any tips you have for creators, like, you know, any must-haves, make sure you do this, or, you know, things to watch out for, or don't feel, don't worry about, like, you know, as you, as you made that transition, like, that you now might want to give back to, like, other creators about, like, you know, becoming full-time or going that part-time route, even, say? Um, I... I... I, I don't have solutions because I haven't. I don't think out. I don't think this is universal. I I, I, I think all this I, is. <laughs> I, I don't have any solutions. I just know that uh, you just it, the mindset is so different. Un unless unless you really don't unless unless you're rich, and you don't mm -hmm. have any concerns, the my and well, I guess let me let me start with 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 what I was doing. So money we're not we're not rich we're not we're not even close to rich so obviously money is a concern but also the higher you go the harder it gets because i'm a i'm a really ambitious person so as we started to get bigger my mindset started to change from like oh i can just be somebody who does this uh i, I can just be another member to my mindset is now at the place where it's like there is nobody else who can do this but me and what I'm talking about is what your goals are. And my goal right now is we are going to build the Nike for the pet industry. That's that's what we're staring at. That's what we talk about. That's what we're planning for. That's what we have the momentum to do. Um, and so as you transition over, I took a really hard look at, okay, what do I want out of this? What are my goals? Because if you're not thinking ahead, it's going to be very difficult to find success because um, I talk about this with a few other creators uh, who have been doing this for a long time.
it is very much a marathon. I've been doing this for six years. And the problem right now is that there are so many creators because of what TikTok has done. I think it's great that they've made, that they've changed people's lives, TikTok. It's fantastic. Um, there are downsides to that. And the downsides are that if you are not prepared to weather the many storms that you will encounter in your career as a creator, it might not be the right job for you. Because from month to month, you know, you have things that that people know you for, especially on TikTok. And you, you're going to have a hard time. And what I found of breaking out of that niche or making different kinds of content or evolving. Um, and so we see a lot of these creators, they blow up fast. And it's like a candle in the wind, unless you know how you can evolve as a creator and start taking your shit to the next level. Um, and I don't mean just making different things, but how can you be somebody that is that the audience can rely on, can depend on, can be comfortable with? And how can you provide consistent, measurable value to people's lives? So if you're looking at this, I, I, I have a really hard time not planning ahead. So when I thought about this, I thought, okay, at this stage is going to end at some point, I need to start building a foundation for a future. And what do I want that future to be? And right now, what we're thinking is we want that future to be being in a place to completely change the pet industry for the better for the future. And it's a big, it's a, it's a big thing. It's a big thing to think about. It's a big thing to say. So as, as you get bigger, it's just important to keep thinking about what the next step is and how you're going to take this incredible opportunity, which I'm... I get to be like a, a full-time dog. Like that's fucking crazy. I get to just chill with my dad, my dog all the time. Right. And there's going to come a time where that ends. So what's the next thing? What's all this for? Why put out the content? Why talk to people about pets? Why engage with the community? Um, so I, I, I guess to answer your question, the transition, do not mistake a sprint for a marathon. There's going to be incredible highs and just like real shitty lows. And especially the way you're talking about with the algorithm. Um, you know, it, it's like any job. Like I, I posted, I posted something the other day where somebody came up to us in the coffee shop and said, you know, I've been following you for a long time. And like, wow, what you do looks really exhausting. I thought I've never had somebody say that to me. And I appreciated that because it is any, any job. And any job is exhausting, but it's going to, it is, it is still a job. Like, you know, when we, when we get paid to go places to like a hotel, like, oh, that's nice. You get paid to go to a hotel. Well, no, because I want to make sure that I, coming from an advertising background, I'm also trying to do right by the person who hires me. Uh, I'm trying to find the opportunity where I can have a video go viral so that I can email them and be like, Hey, check this out. And they're like, Oh my God, that's great. This relationship was so worth it. I either want to do it again, or I will go hire another influencer. You want to be a good steward for the community. Um, and so there, there, there's pressure and, you know, you want, we were always somebody who, when we get hired to do ads, it's stressful because you want to make something good. I'm not just going to throw up a picture. Uh, so we only do stuff that we really care about or that we can tell a really good story with. And if it doesn't perform, then, um, I mean, yeah, it sucks to not have something performed, but I also feel bad that these these folks hired me, this company put this budget in here and it didn't work the way, you know, because I, I think the better we do, the better it is for everybody else, rising tides and all that. Yeah. So let's talk about your your new venture here. 
well, that newish venture, uh, a little chunk. Was that you, you kind of mentioned alluded to that earlier in the beginning of this conversation, but which came first? Was it the content creation for Maxine or was it the little chunk backpack? Because I know when I know the the history behind why you created Little Chunk and, and maybe you can elaborate more on, on that. You as you were with uh when you're riding in the New York subway, um there's a policy where dogs or pets need to be in bags. Is is that's correct, right? And so you were looking for a better way to transport uh Maxine. And so that was how uh the backs the, the Maxine one came came about. It, 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 is there but would did one come before the other? Like, did you were you a content creator for Maxine, and then that spurred the the backpack, or did you work so, on the backpack? Yeah. And so there was the rule. I first started carrying her in tote bags. She got too big. I went to a shop. I found this backpack, um, and it seemed like a fine way to carry her. Uh, and I wasn't really into the quality of the product or the ergonomics. It was very hard to use. Kind of hurt my back, um, but it helped us grow. Uh, videos were going through the roof and nobody had ever seen this before. This was back in like 2017, 2018. Nobody had seen a dog backpack, let alone like a fluffy Corgi. Uh, so we kept using it and, you know, we would talk to people about it. And I found it really difficult to actually recommend the product to people um, because it, to carry that weight on your back, we, we were doing it. Nobody in the world has carried their dog in a backpack more than me. I was doing it at least two times a day for years. Um, and it got to the point where I thought like, if I can't recommend this to people, I'm now in a position where I can actually build something and build something that I feel has been completely missing, um, from not just the pet industry, but to maybe even start a company that has been non-existent in the pet industry. There's no brand loyalty. And these companies are making garbage products that aren't really well thought out. Um, I don't know who's making them. Uh, and I don't know what kind of concern they have about what they are making. So I teamed up um, with uh, with my co-founder and basically said, this is what we need to build. This is how we need to do it. And this is the kind of brand that we need to be because it doesn't exist. And when I was a filmmaker, and, and you're trying to like find every opportunity to be successful and you write a screenplay, there's a lot of people out there who will submit it to what's called the Sundance Labs. Sundance Film Festival has these labs where they will uh, receive submissions for scripts, whether it's a, a script, a director, or a producer, and they will help shepherd that project. And it's like, you know, a badge of honor to go through this very prestigious thing. Um, and in the application, they ask the question, why are you the one to tell this story? And why now? And I always had the hardest time answering that question um, because, you know, to make a film, I, I want, you know, I want to make a film. I want to be creative. I want to, I want to do this thing that, that felt really romantic. I, I, I wasn't in a position to bleed for whatever I was telling. I didn't have something to say with what we're doing at, at Little Chunk with, with how we're making these products and with the reason why I'm for the first time in my life feel that I can do a better job than the guy sitting next to me. Undoubtedly. I know the customer. Uh, I know the market. I know what the product needs and nobody's used it more than me. 10,000 hours, try like 50,000. I actually calculated it, 65,000 hours 
of nonstop use of a backpack, of thinking about pets, about thinking about the well-being of our pets, about thinking about the customers. I'm 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 an incredibly empathetic person. So when I have people talking to me about what they're missing in their life, what their dog is missing, what they wish they had, that affects me because I feel the same way. Um, and we spent a long time on this product. Uh, we delayed production by six weeks for certain buckles, for certain top of the line hardware. Uh, we really didn't cut any corners. And we spent a long time talking to people about it so that when we were, when I took the password off the website on December 15th, Maxine's sixth birthday on December 15th, 2021, at 10 a.m., I took the password off the website. We sold out in four minutes. I mean, wow. it, just, it, it was crazy. The number just dropped. Um, I Did we know that was going to happen? Absolutely not. But we knew immediately that, okay, we're on to something. And then when people actually started getting the product, I think was really free. It, it, it's crazy that some of the messages we've gotten from people, like there was, there was a woman a few weeks ago um, who sent us a message. I mean, wall of text in, in a DM. And she said, you know, my, my dog has a DM, uh, which is a degenerative disorder. Don't know how long the dog has left. And uh, she sent pictures. She went on a hike with her dog and uh, she had a photographer come and take pictures. And she sent them to me. She said it was great. And that she's never been able to do that with her dog before in, in a safe way. And uh, a few days later, the dog passed away. So, I mean, it's, I, I hear a lot of uh, good things about, about the Maxine one. I actually, um, I was having dinner with a, a friend who got, has a, has a Corgi mm -hmm. as well. And just like when, when I had booked, um, she, she knew I was doing this, I was doing this podcast and then I was talking to her. I'm like, hey, yeah, did you do you guys carry around the, the corgi? Because there's times where they take the corgi out. They live in Boston, yeah. and the corgi will just like says, "All right, screw it, I'm not walking anymore." And so <laughs> my friend has to carry this, this the corgi back to, back to the house. Um, not as the corgi's not as big as um, as Maxine, uh, but it, you know the dog is certainly heavy, and they have to go yeah. upstairs. So I'm like, hey, have you ever thought about like a, a the the a, a, the little chunk backpack? Right? I'm like, oh, hello, Corgi, my, you know. And she's like, yeah. yeah, but they're all sold out. I can't get one. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, I'm like, just saying. Oh yeah. By the way, I'm actually talking to Brian on this, about this. So, um, yeah, there 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 are a lot of people that know about about your backpack. So it's very very interesting to see to hear the success that that this backpack has and how much it resonates with with people um and, and on on that front i want to kind of dive deeper into something you you mentioned this phrase you mentioned earlier that you want to be the the nike for 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 pets you know the, the pet apparel pet, pet merchandise what's next beyond the maxine one i'm assuming if we're going to keep with the traditions of of you know the the Kevin Durant's and the and the Jordans and everything like there's going to be a Maxine two and a Maxine, you know three. Are you are, what else is is planned or have you thought about you know in your roadmap? So when I say, you know, to clarify, so when I say the Nike for the pet industry, there's there's a few reasons why why we say that. Um, you know, when when Phil Knight back in the early aughts, running was a very niche thing to do. Uh, it was weird. Um, and this was a brand he built on a product 
the Cortez. Mm -hmm. So what they did was they had the product that allowed you to experience something a certain way. And that's very much how we think about not just the maximum one, but any product now or in the future that we make. The product is only there to help you maximize an experience or get an experience that you haven't previously had. And when we think about our products, you know, down the line, we're looking at retail. And when we think about retail, we've had these discussions. We're not thinking about, and this is how, how we're thinking about pet companies and, and what they're not doing. Um, and, and kind of the mark that they're missing is, is we're not thinking about Chewy's or Petco's or PetSmart's. We're thinking about Dick's Sporting Goods. We're thinking about REI. Um, we're thinking about the human component to your pets, which is very important. Um, it's about the bond you share with your pets. It's about the life you share with your pet. So that's kind of where the Nike for the pet industry came from. But it's also because Nike engenders a specific loyalty in their, in their, in their customers and the people that follow them. Um, and right now, you can, you'll see all these people with all these different products very frequently. They can't name the brand. They have no loyalty to the brand. Like I, had a, I, I spent months trying to find a right car seat when we got a car two years ago. And I bought it from some random company on Amazon called A4 Pet Products. And it's just, it, 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 it's, I'm gobsmacked that nobody has sat down to look at a product and think, okay, how do people use this? What do they want out of this? What do they need out of this? And what do their pets need out of this? Um, and so right now we're starting with the Maxine 1. There will absolutely be a Maxine 2. We already have an updated bag planned for the fall based on customer feedback. Um, and we're planning on next year an even smaller pack uh, for smaller dogs, a hiking backpack for larger dogs. And then we're going to start to build equity in different spaces. You know, we're not, we're not the kind of company that's going to start coming out with, with random products. There really has to be a need um, for it. And we want to come from a place of, of, of safety, of quality, of expertise. So as we think about our product roadmap, it's going to take us a little bit of time to get there. But, you know, a lot of what we're doing isn't just product-based. A lot of it is community-based. A lot of it is brand-based. Um, because again, like what I said with being a creator, same thing with a brand. Uh, we're in it for, for a marathon, not a sprint, because we're also looking down the line at, at what, you know, especially from the point of view of, of bigger businesses and VCs, like what do, what do they think about what we're doing? And I, I really think that what we're building is, is building an undeniable defensible brand um, with a very organic creator at the center of it. Um, and ultimately, when you leave your home, no matter what you do with your dog, Little Chunk will be there to give you some resource, whether it's a product, whether it's an experience, um, could be a meetup, it could be really anything. That's that's kind of how we're thinking about things. Um, because it, it, I think the whole fucking pet industry is a white space, all of it. Greg, any any other questions you have for Brian? Well, no, I, I really appreciate the story. And I think, um, I, you know, I think building a brand is a very difficult challenge i think um you know there, there's an interesting thing i think with the creator brand overlap right because you know to me like a lot of there's a lot of like professional definitions of brands but to me a brand is only the thing that comes back from people when they talk about you right mm, i um, love that 
And I feel like creators are much closer to that idea than traditional brands are because traditional brands tend to posture so much to try to emulate this idea that they want to have um, in the world, right? Uh, and I think like what's really great is like about what you're describing is how it short circuits like product development and marketing and all these other pieces into sort of a contiguous, you know, self-fulfilling cycle almost, right? Um, I guess when you think about moving forward, right, um, in the product lines itself, uh, how do you imagine um, the community, I guess, and that ecosystem being part of that journey with you, right? Um, cause like the Maxine one is obviously a brilliant idea, sort of obviously born out of like actual experience and things that were happening. Um, how, what's that feedback loop now? Right. I think as you think about the, the next product, right. Like, um, because I think this, this community, uh, blended model is like a way, like a thing for the future, right. Mm -hmm. Like, um, so I'm kind of curious your take on, um, new ways you maybe you're thinking about experimenting or et cetera, like with your community, your ecosystem, your audience, right? Like to actually bring new products to four as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is in the DMS. That's where we get a lot of ideas where we hear from people who are constantly commenting, like, when are you going to do this? When are you going to make this dog backpack? When are you going to, you know, all this other stuff. But even, even as we go through development at every point where there's an opportunity to share it with people, we do that. So even before we finished the final prototype for the Maxine one, um, we did a meet and greet at tailgate in Brooklyn, which is a big outdoor bar. And we said, bring your dogs. We will have these backpacks. And we hadn't shown the backpacks yet. So we're very uh, aware of breadcrumbing people so as to maybe incentivize them to be a part of some of these experiences. And we had people try on the backpacks and, you know, we were measuring dogs and trying, because the, the crazy thing about pets, there are hundreds of breeds and it's, there are no consistencies between like the girth of a dog and the length of a dog. So sizing is, is easily the biggest problem. So how do you make a product that's can fit the most people? So at every stage we're, we're talking to customers, giving them opportunities to maybe try something on. Um, and even in the design phase, we kind of just gather a lot of what we've seen online or anecdotally from, from, um, from other people and try and think like, okay, what's the, what's the next step of this? Like we've seen certain, we've seen certain products that feel gimmicky that might've made a company a lot of money because they went viral. What about that product do people like? How can we improve and put some of those things into ours? Like whether it's like different water bottles or say, you know, it's, I think it's just keeping on top of trends and how people in different parts of the world are doing things with their dogs. And you're looking at that and you're thinking, okay, well, with that, they're using this product, but why does that product not really hit the mark? Well, because somebody hasn't really thought about every step of the experience and how can we take some of those insights? I mean, our, our biggest resource, again, the community and just all these viral, all the, all the content that goes out there. And you kind of get your finger on the pulse, maybe not explicitly, but kind of implicitly about uh, how, can, how can you take something that, that people love and, and turn it from a want into a need. And, and, you know, how can you kind of forecast the way people feel about pets? I mean, we, I, I think we've also gotten really lucky, you know, ever since we got Maxine uh, from day one, I would, I would die for this dog. I'll do anything to find the best and to find something that can give me uh, assurance that I'm taking good care of her. And I know it seems weird to say, but I think from a global perspective, we were very 
early to that trend and we've kind of grown with it now that we've seen, like, I just saw this Forbes article that like, I know it's a coastal thing, but people in New York, Pennsylvania, I think it's New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, California, Washington, uh, 55% of people have spent more on their, their pets than their significant others. And I think that's only going to keep growing. I look now that I have a dog, um, I understand entirely. I had no idea. This was a thing. I have a child also, by the way, uh, but, um, you know, and I just didn't imagine I, you could care about like uh, a, a th- another thing, like as much as you care about your child. Uh, I think it's very spot on too, like with the trend line. Honestly, you're not wrong, man. Uh, you know, I remember I was on vacation like a couple weeks ago with, uh, with some friends and we were, we were both parent dads talking and we were actually saying how like some of us almost felt guilty for bringing a kid into this world. Mm. with with the future that you know maybe in front of us and all these other things and a pet you know sadly has a shorter life but also maybe that's the right amount of life right like um in 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 the world that we live in sometimes so i i really like this and i think like the the thing that i think most people don't they take for granted is a community built product comes with a lot of grace and forgiveness uh in it Right. Compared to like a postured, produced sort of stylized thing that is supposed to be, you know, like good for something. Right. Like, but dreamt up in a lab. Right. Like just by a bunch of focus groups or something. Yeah. Um, It's interesting what you said, really kind of at the core of. All of this is time. It's just time. Like, you know, I, I remember another influencer on on the birthday of their dog said this really isn't like a happy day for me. And I get it. So how can we help you maximize the very short window yeah. that you have with, uh, with these pets? Cause it's, uh, it, the shit they do for us physically, emotionally, just spiritually. Why don't, why don't we have products for these creatures that are at the same level or better than what we're doing for other humans? It's so uh, fun. It's so funny you say that. My son, the other day, he was like, "Well, when I'm 25, I'm gonna do this with Rex." And I was like, "We were trying to like explain to him Rex that Rexy won't be here probably then, right?" Like, and it was like very poignant, right? Like to like because you kind of know it's coming, right? Yeah. yeah. Every 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 day, mm-hmm. every day, it's just a reminder that like, yeah, it's running out, which is which is a really sad thought and really more totally than sad. trying to push it away. But, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know? well, well, why don't we end on a little bit of a happier note? <laughs> <laughs> let's go uh, for Ken's dog right now. Well, well, I did. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's go, you know, you know, you know, a place where I can pick up a Corgi, uh, you know, in, in the Pacific area. I mean, sure. Why not? I, I'd be more than happy to, to, to entertain that conversation. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for joining, uh, us, Greg and I on, on the creative economy podcast. Um, as I mentioned to you earlier, uh, I really appreciate, uh, you sharing Maxine with, with the world. I, I follow her, uh, on Instagram and, and TikTok, and it certainly brightens my day. Every time I see that after scrolling through countless stories, you're like, okay, this is absolute garbage. I don't really care. This is all political, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden you see this, this Corgi butt getting groomed. You're like, oh, Hey, okay, cool. That, that you know, and you know, great. Uh, this, this really, it really brightens up my day. Uh, right so, that so that thank, means you. A lot. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, and congratulations on the success of the Maxine one. Looking forward to seeing what's next for, for a little chunk. And for those that are interested, if you want to follow Maxine, go to, uh, go on TikTok and Instagram to Mad Max underscore fluffy road. 
Uh, you can also find more about the Maxine One backpack at littlechunk.com. And if you're not watching this, oh my God, Maxine's back on the screen one more time with her diva pose. Uh, make sure she gets her time barking at Patty. Uh, we'll need to come back. You'll need to come back and tell us more about that story. But, oh, um, yeah. Would love to. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Maxine. We'll talk to you later. Pleasure. Have a good one. All right. You too. All right. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Uh, Thanks, Greg. Um, Look, Greg, I can't wait for you to, uh, you know, launch that Rex Instagram account for us uh, so we can follow and you can become a huge success as a pet influencer. So. Excellent. We will do our best. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And with that, everyone, thanks so much for tuning in for another episode of the Created Economy Podcast. We will be back with more guests. Uh, Check out more information on our website at createdeconomy.com. Talk to you guys later.